Hello and welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. On this episode, we have a very special guest who is Mike Macapinlack. Mike began his career as a structural design engineer. He decided that he wanted to improve upon his dating life and his social life while he was in that career and dove into learning social confidence, which is a big part of what I enjoy speaking about and learning more about and helping you guys with. Mike now teaches STEM professionals how to create meaningful connections. In this interview, Mike shares a variety of brilliant insights on how you can develop your social confidence as an engineer. If you want to learn more about Mike McApinlack and how you can develop your social confidence, listen to the episode and check out his website, Social Confidence Mastery, socialconfidencemastery.com. You can find that link in the description. This is a super fun interview with Mike. I, I really enjoyed the, our conversation together. Um, I, I learned a lot, and I think it's just really cool to, to have the perspective both of an engineer, or a former engineer, I guess, in Mike's case, and someone who, who has developed his social confidence, because this stuff really is, it's like a muscle. It's not something that you either have or you don't. It's a skill that you can build. So if you're sitting there feeling like, I'm shy, I'm introverted, I struggle when it comes to interacting with people or developing the courage to speak up at work or in meetings or in your social life or dating life, well, this episode is going to be a great one for diving into just that. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mike McPinlack. Welcome to the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. My mission is to help engineers like you develop your soft skills, which are all the skills you weren't taught in engineering school. You will learn how to develop your confidence, increase your productivity, become a better problem solver, and improve your social skills in order to design a career and life that you love. All right, I'm here with Mike McApinlack. Mike is the founder of Social Confidence Mastery, where he helps teach STEM professionals how to create meaningful connections. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Dylan, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Excited to do it. Um, what you created social, social confidence mastery. What was the intention behind doing that? You know what, Dylan, it was basically to solve my own issues. So, you know, like to make a really long story short, um, my journey started when I was an immigrant, my family and I moved to Canada when I was 17 years old. And back then, you know, like it was a, it was a struggle for me because as an immigrant, um, I, I didn't speak English, you know, like I used to be massively overweight. In fact, I used to weigh 200 pounds and at 5'5", five, five, you know, like that's quite big, right? And I suffered from really bad social anxiety, you know, like transitioning into a brand new country, new culture, new language. Like it was a lot to, to kind of um, take on, you know, like as a, as a, as a newcomer in a, in a brand new country, right? So that led me to just like a lack of experience socializing in general. So, you know, like... Um, then I took a career as a structural designer for an engineering company. So my experience, you know, up to that point, you know, like growing up in a very traditional Asian family, um, growing up in Saudi Arabia, like that's where I was raised, and then lacking social experience in the majority of my teens and early 20s, plus working a job as a structural designer. And I'm sure you can relate, like, you know, most people who work in STEM, they spend the majority of their days in front of the computer, right? Like they're paid based on their technical expertise, not necessarily on their charisma. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I started Social Confidence Mastery as a solution to my own problem. You know, I was just sick and tired of feeling lonely 
missing out on opportunities and uh, yeah, you know, like wanting to put myself out there, but just didn't know how. So that's kind of what started the journey. Yeah, that's great. And I'm curious. So for your just your own personal social confidence journey, when you decided you wanted to make a change in that area for yourself, what did that look like? What did that journey look like? What what maybe resources did you discover and what things did you do to go from then to where you're at now? Yeah, so the resources back then were a lot different. You know, like my journey started um, when I was 20. So I'll be 35 this year. So that was 15 years ago. And back then when I started, you know, like the game was really big. You know, like, yeah. the, you know, the whole like POA community was like the rage, right? So I, you know, you Google online, you type in any information on how to meet people, how to improve socially, you know, all the pick up artist stuff would come up, right? So mm-hmm. not knowing any better, that's kind of how I got started. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe this is the way to go. So I, I bought the game. I started, uh, you know, going out to bars and clubs and, you know, like I quickly realized that that wasn't the thing for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just, it just didn't fit my personality. It didn't fit my lifestyle. You know, I didn't like being out so late and, you know, spending money on drinks, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then I actually had an opportunity to intern for a, for a local dating company um, in my city. So they took me on as an intern. I became one of their instructors. And that experience uh, led me to working and interning for one of the biggest dating companies in the world at that point. So that gave me a lot of firsthand experience, right? You know, like my, my they, say knowledge, they say wisdom is knowledge plus experience. You know, I know a lot of people who just read a bunch of books and they're like, I'm good to go. You know, <laughs> you know like yeah. my... Mine was a uh, hard-earned, like infield knowledge, not just from myself, but also from other experts. And then, you know, like later on, I realized that I could make a, a career out of this. So I transitioned. Long, you know, I, long story short, again, I transitioned out of engineering, and you know, just wanting to do something more meaningful, right? Like at that point, like I felt like I had a good grasp of of um, how to improve socially, and I had results. You know, like I I have uh, I've had girlfriends. I, I have amazing friends. And I wanted to give back and help other, other STEM professionals figure out this area. Yeah, yeah. So it was basically doing it for yourself and then wanting to help other people who I totally relate to what you're saying, where a lot of folks in that STEM community struggle with this stuff. And it's such a huge thing to, to work on. So yeah. when, you, when you work with people, um, especially, I think another um, element I see among STEM folks is a bit very logical, very heady um, approach to things yeah. that, can, that can hold us back in, when it comes to our social lives. What do you work with folks on when you, when you sit down with somebody and you want to help them build their social confidence? You know, it's funny, Dylan, like that can work against you or for you, right? Like it really depends on how you use that way of thinking. So the program that I've created, it's called um, the Social Confidence Blueprint. You know, like it's a yeah. kind of a, you know, like play on, uh, you know, like the stuff that engineers do. So I've just because like the way I've been conditioned to think, like I'm very structural and very organized, you know, like I, I, I think of like, like when I see something complex, you know, like I want to break it down into steps, right? And, and into a, a, a repeatable process, you know what I mean? So when I started learning this whole thing, you know, like I started to figure out like, what are the components that would make someone socially confident? And I broke it down into five main steps, right? And from then on, I viewed everything as a, when I work with people, I tell them like, look, it, it's not a, 
it's not an attack on your personality. It's just a lack of skills, right? So the same way that you wouldn't take it personally, if let's say, for example, you know, like you, you, you have to drive a car and it's manual transmission and you never learned how to drive manual transmission, you know, like you wouldn't be like, Oh, I'm not good enough. Or like, Oh, I, you know, like I, 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 I suck. I'm like, well, you do because you haven't learned the skill set yet. It's not an attack on your personality. So the way I see it is you just got to figure out the five skill set, which we can talk about if you want. And you just have to acquire those skills and you can, and you can be just as competent as the next guy who's, you know, natural, right? At this kind of stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'd love to dive into the skills. I'm curious though, when it comes to confidence for you, do you yeah. feel like I've heard the term, you know, competence breeds confidence yeah do you feel like that's true more so than just that you have to kind of develop the confidence first and then you'll go out in the field and develop competence you know what so i agree with that first statement that you made you know like uh uh, confidence really does come from competence but the thing with confidence though it's very domain specific right like let's say for example you're really good at playing, you know, ping pong or, or yeah. table tennis. That, that, that doesn't make you automatically confident as a tennis player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's say you're a good skateboarder. That doesn't make you a confident, you know, surfer, right? You know, even though they both have boards because, again, both areas require, you know, different, maybe some similar, but ultimately they're different skill sets, right? And if you want to be confident, whether it's in your, within yourself, socially, playing tennis, you know, surfing, yeah. like you just have, all you have to do is figure out what skills you need to be competent at and then demonstrate competence over time until you build confidence, right? Like it's, it's really, a, it sounds easy, but it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So for you, what are the five, describe the way you said it again before, um, the five skills that you need to develop in order to have confidence. That's exactly, yeah, to, to develop social confidence. So, yeah. so the first skill that you need to develop, so basically, so I'm going to outline the five and then we'll break it down into uh, each of the steps. And then if you want, I can give some, something actionable too, if that's helpful for you. Yeah, great. I love Perfect. it. So the first step basically is uh, you got to master your mindset, right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you can have the best stories ever, you know, like you can have... Um, you know, like the fanciest lines, you know, like that kind of stuff. But yeah. internally, if you filter yourself, if you don't believe that you're enough and, and then you always second guess the moves you make, then you can only get so far, right? Without improving your, the way you think. So that's where we start. The second thing would be your first impression. I'm sure you've heard of this multiple times, right? You never, yeah. you never get a second chance to create a great first impression. And it comes down to, you know, like a number of things like your style, your body language, and just your overall vibe as a person, you know? And then the third thing is um, you have to overcome your anxiety. You have to build your courage, right? And there are ways that we can talk about in a bit to be able to do that. And then the fourth thing, this is like the part that like most of my students get excited about is you have to learn what makes a good story. You have to be a good storyteller. You know, you have to know how to talk about yourself in a way that's engaging and interesting. And you also have to you know, be able to relate with people, right? So you don't run out of things to say or you don't have awkward silences, you know, like all these things can be mapped out in a, in a process. Again, so if you think about it like that, then, you're, then your logical mind can work for you, right? If you just see everything as a process. And then lastly is, you know, like you just have to go out and show up at the right places. Because if you think about it, where you go to socialize really does make a huge difference, right? Like someone 
at a coffee shop behaves very differently than someone at a nightclub, right? And, and then you, you also got to factor in your personality type. If you're, if you're more introverted, then you get overwhelmed with, you know, like loud places with a lot of stimulus, you know. But if you're more extroverted, then yeah, you know, by all means, right? Like go to more, uh, you know, like bigger groups and stuff like that. So the key here is you have to socialize in a way that fits your personality. And then at that point, you know, the, it's game over. Whether you want to make more friends, you want to get more dates, you want to advance professionally, like those are the five main components. Those are the five skill sets that I would learn, um, that I learned and, and that I teach my students too in order to become socially confident. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned, you know, mastering those five skills will help you in terms of getting dates or yeah. making friends. Yeah. I find also that working on this stuff just makes you feel better throughout yeah. whatever things you're doing in life. Because especially what you're talking about in the, the first skill, mastering your mindset, so many of us have these, you know, just a ton of underlying anxiety or just constant negative thoughts swirling in our minds. And continually addressing that in our psychology is just, even if you don't necessarily get the, the results or the goodies, you know, the dating yeah. and the friendships or whatever, you just feel better and better. Totally. Well, yeah, that, that's the irony, right? Like most guys think that once they get the friends and they get the girlfriends and the connections, they'll feel better. It's actually the opposite. You have to feel better first. Because if you think yeah. about it, nobody likes to be around someone who's anxious or sad or depressed or grumpy. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're drawn towards people who are happy, right? Who feel good about themselves, who exude positivity, you know, like that's the irony of it. You have to feel good first then you attract people. It's not the other way around. Yep. Yeah. I think that's great. Everything starts internally, yeah. even though we often focus on the external. It's easy to do. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about in terms of having social confidence and sort of a mastery of social skills. Mm -hmm. How do you bring that into the workplace? Because I think, so this, you were speaking to mostly engineers, STEM people here. Yeah. And there's not only maybe some shyness or social anxiety within us, but then also there can be that among the other people that we're working with. Um, yeah. If somebody wanted to step up and start making more friends at work or just start stepping up and, and you know, doing, contributing more meetings and everything like that at work, how sure. can they go about doing that? Yeah, so we can, we can use the five skills that I talked about and we can give some tips from then on to answer your question if you're cool with that. Sure, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing you got to figure out, so let's say like you want to be socially confident in the workplace, right? So the first thing you got to do is you got you to set a goal, you know, like what am I trying to achieve socially, right, in the workplace? So let's say in this example, let's say you want to get into a more leadership position. So that way you can be more strategic with your approach, right, socializing. Because at the end of the day, you know, like you still have to get work done, right? And there's a big difference between being effective and being efficient, right? Like when you're effective, it means that you're getting the right things done, right? When you're efficient, you're just getting things done quicker, you know? And, that, and, and, but, and ironically, that's what most people do. Like you can be busy versus productive. What we want to do is we want to be effective, right? So that's where we start. We figure out like what's, what's the purpose of, of this. So let's say, you know, you want to advance professionally. You want to get into management roles. So now you got to figure out, well, you know, like what traits do I need to develop, right? In order to become, you know, like a manager or like get to the next level. So now you got to, so now you're like, okay, I got to figure out leadership skills, management skills, right? You know, I got to be able to build rapport with people. I think having some wit, you know, like would be good because it's, it's always good to balance out 
technical language and some humor at work, but you know, in an appropriate way and be able to just relate with people better, be more empathetic. So now you're like, all right, perfect. I now have a list of skill sets that I need to develop given this goal, right? So that's step one. And then, and then from then on, like you gotta, uh, you gotta figure out, I, I always tell my students that, and I work with mostly males, you know, I have worked with a lot of females, you know, like I, unfortunately, we just live in a society where men are kind of, you know, like we're not encouraged to feel more, right? Like when, you know, like we're, we're kind of told to suppress our feelings and like, oh, man up and, you know, don't show emotions, whatever. But it's so important, right? Like you have to be able to manage how you feel. And I tell my students, in any case, you know, like you only, feel, you only have two emotions. You feel good or you feel bad, right? And typically when you feel bad, you, got, you have to pay attention to what story are you telling yourself? You know, like what, are you, what meaning are you giving to this, this situation, that's causing you to feel bad, right? And from then on, you know, I teach them a way to kind of identify the thought and be able to reframe it into something more empowering. So for example, like a thought that comes up all the time is what, what I have to say doesn't matter. You know, let's say that's a thought. Well, is it true? Is it true that what you have to say doesn't matter, right? So from then on, you can figure out like, is it true? And, and now, now they're like, well, it depends, right? Like uh, depending on the group of people, you know, like what I have to say will be more relevant than others. So at that point, they can be more proactive because they're separating themselves from the thought and they can figure out what they can do to be more relevant, right? Instead of just like accepting that initial belief as like, oh, I, what I have to say doesn't matter and immediately feel bad. You know, at least now they have a process to be able to question that belief and reframe it into something more where they can take action, right? Instead of feeling like a victim. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So it's about kind of looking underneath the hood and, yeah. and figuring out, okay, what are the thoughts I have around the situation totally. that are contributing toward me feeling bad? Exactly. And then, so maybe once you identify something like that, what would you say would be the way to, to address that? Well, you, you get what you think about over and over again, right? You know, a belief is just something that, it's just a thought that you keep thinking about all the time. Like there was a point where we believed the world was flat, right? <laughs> so, and because that became like the general consensus, every, it became like something repeated. Everyone just accepted it as if it's true. You know, like a belief will continue to be a belief until you look for evidences, right? Otherwise. But the thing is, before you even look for an evidence, you first have to admit that maybe this belief isn't fully true. Because if you just accept it as true and you don't question it, then you don't start that critical process, right, of potentially looking at other avenues, you know, other perspectives, you know, other ways of seeing the situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think we can often, we'll have these beliefs about ourselves in one. They can be really hard to even pick up on it's kind of like you know you're a fish living in water and it's just it's been there for your whole life and you've constantly yeah. thought this thing about yourself yeah. so there might not be awareness around it well your feelings right like that's a good yeah. that's a good gauge so like you you just gotta you just gotta feel into your body you know like i know it sounds woo woo but it's really not you know like i don't care how you know like macho dude you are or <laughs> or woo woo you are whatever like we all feel it right you know some people ignore it. Some people don't. And my advice is to not ignore how you feel, you know, at the very least pause for a moment and acknowledge it because that's a sign that whatever you're thinking of may not be the best thought for you. You know, it may not be the most supportive thought. Right. So that's step one. Step two would be your first impression. Right. You know, unfortunately, because a lot of STEM professionals have desk jobs, you know, like I know some companies have stand up desk now and stuff, but for the most part, people sit down 
you know, they have this like hunch look, right? They, they look like a question mark from a side, you know? So an easy way to just portray confidence is just improve your body language, you know, stand up straight. A good way to do that is to stand against the wall, have your, the back of your head, the back of your shoulder, your butt, the back of your heels touch the wall. That's a good way to see that, oh, like you have good posture. And then the second thing is you want to appear more friendly. Most guys are so comfortable doing this, right? And they're like, oh, I really, I'm really friendly. I, I really want to connect with you. Really? Because you don't look like it, right? So make sure you don't have a closed body language, like have an open body language, right? Expose your heart. Keep your arms to your side, right? And remember to smile if we're crying out loud. You know, like a, a trick that I tell my students uh, to see if they're smiling is just say cookies underneath your breath. You know, when you say cookies, it kind of, first of all, it's a silly thing to say. The second thing is it pushes up your cheeks naturally, right? You know, mm. cookies, right? You know, like yeah. it kind of puts you in a good mood. And, and if you, and then yeah, your style, you know, again, another quick fix, you know, like this conversation can be hours if we go, we go into that. But a quick way to just, you know, figure out your style is you get to influence what people think of you. So figure out like what kind of message you want to send off to people and then dress accordingly, right? So if you want people to think you're a leader, you're authoritative, right? You know, you're confident, you know, like j just make sure, you know, like does your clothes, do your clothes, send that message and if not then you want to dress accordingly you know what i mean yeah yeah this is great so when you do work with people what do you find are the if you could boil it down to like the top few things that you find are the most impactful or the most helpful to people in terms of developing their social social confidence and their ability to more, to form connections what would those main things be that have like a huge boost for most people that's a great question because that literally my answer would be like the last three skills because nice, <laughs> nice. we've talked about two, right? So the last yeah. three skills. So the third skill would be, um, you know, like overcoming your anxiety, right? Like overcoming your fear. Like that's a big thing that a lot of people suffer from that I've worked with. You know, they have approach anxiety. They have, you know, they second guess putting themselves out there. And, though, and to me, the way I see it is, you know, like every relationship starts with someone approaching someone, right? Like, we have a relationship now because you approach me, you know, out, you know, granted you approach me online, but yeah. it's the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. You started the conversation. So your ability to just overcome, you know, your self doubt, like, Oh, is Mike going to respond? Is he, is he going to like me? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, it may be less online, but in person, those are more amplified. Right. So being able to have that courage to put yourself out there, embrace rejection, not take it personally. That's big because the more risk you're willing to take, the more exciting your life is going to be, right? You know, because the less you're going to play it safe. So, you know, you're going to approach more people. You're going to put yourself out there. More opportunities will come your way. You know, like you're going to talk to more people at networking events, right? You know, you're going to make that fun comment because you, you're not afraid of looking bad or rejection. So that's the third skill. You have to be able to build courage, embrace rejection, and put yourself out there. Actually, a tip that I want to give to everyone tuned in right now is if you want to get good at being assertive, for the next week, just literally go to a store and ask for a discount. Like buy something small and just ask for a discount. Because most yeah. people are so afraid of hearing the word no that the more comfortable you are hearing the word no, and you'd be surprised too. I actually have a friend who goes to places and he asks for a, a good looking discount. Hey, do you offer a good looking discount? <laughs> and, then, and then he'll wink. And then yeah, 50-50, he gets you know, something for free, right? So Man. That's yeah. <laughs> so it's the third skill. Build your courage. The fourth one, again, to answer your question is, you know, to improve your storytelling skills, right? So 
most guys that I've worked with, again, given their logical nature, they're so accustomed to just giving one-word answers, right? What do you do? I'm a software engineer. Where are you from? I'm from California. You know, they just give one-word answers, right? So a good, a good way to become a more engaging conversationalist is to volunteer more information about yourself, right? And, and the way you do that is you tell a good story. And a good story has three parts to it. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay, if you tell your story that way, like, so I'm a software engineer. Well, how did you get into it? I got into it because of my dad. We both love technology. And then you, then the middle, right? What do you like about your job? I love software engineering because it makes me feel creative, accomplished. You know, I, I feel like I get to create something out of nothing. And then the resolution, the ending, right? Uh, you know, I, I work on some really cool projects that makes a difference in people's lives with the apps that I create. Boom, right? Automatically, your story becomes more engaging, right? Just by adding layers to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then lastly is you just have to show up at the right place. You know, again, everyone's different. You know, if you're introverted, if you're extroverted, self-awareness is key. You have to know what you like. You have to know what you're good at, right? I, I truly believe that we have um, opportunities to, to win a gold medal at something. But the key is to figure out like what that is, right? There's a saying that I want to share. I read it from Atomic Habits by James Clear. He said, in hot water, an egg hardens and a potato softens, right? Mm. So you got to figure out if you're an egg or a potato. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 So, in, so in, in one situation, one will thrive, one will crumble, right? So you got to figure out like which, which, which situation you're best suited at. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And one thing I think about when it comes to that, like what, what social situations suit me the best is I think when I was at the beginning of, you know, developing my own social confidence, it was hard to make the distinction between what do I feel like I don't want to go to because I'm just naturally a little bit more introverted personality style. And what is it that I'm avoiding because I'm just scared? <laughs> Are you more introverted? Would you identify yourself more as an introvert? So yeah, in the sense that I feel that I more so than, so I think introversion and extroversion is about how you gain Recharge. energy. Yeah. How you recharge. So I find like alone time, just, I don't know, watching some videos or being alone reading or journaling or whatever, um, that can be a bit more recharging for me. Yeah. But I think I used to use the introversion thing as an excuse. So if it were like, hey, let's go out to the bars, you know, part of me would be like, uh, well, well maybe I'm that's introverted. not the best. Maybe that's not the best place for you, right? Maybe as an introvert, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. if you got invited to, something else you know like something that's more in alignment with your personality because you're right you know like you have to identify are you just are you just you know like copping out and, and yeah <laughs> you know like saying saying in your comfort staying in your comfort zone or is this place really not the best for you and there's and the best way is to try try it out you know try a couple of things i have i've done the whole bar thing right that's not my thing you know i i do best at coffee shops at uh organized events if i go to like if I go to like a, like a, like a networking event, you know, like a personal development seminar, you know, like I love those places. I, I, I get so much energy, you know, being there because I know that the type of people I'm going to meet, I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of commonalities mm -hmm. because the event kind of, you know, filters out very specific people. Like I'm happy to pay a few hundred to like a few thousand dollars for, for an event. And to me, I don't get tired because I know that I'm going there. And the light and and I because I, I paid good money, 
the ki- the type of people that I'm going to meet are filtered, right? It, mm-hmm. it, they're better quality. But if someone's like, let's go to a bar, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant just because, you know, like there's a lot of guessing, right? That has to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. And what you said about kind of filtering for the people that you want to be around, I think that's great too. Because when it comes to social life, if you go to events that you just like, you're probably going to find other people who like those sort of activities there and you'll have a lot in common. Whereas if you're just thinking like, oh, I should go to this thing because, you know, I don't really like those sorts of things, but I I should be there because that's where the people are. Well, maybe you won't find so much in common with those people. The key key really is self-awareness, right? You know, for example, I've been asked a lot, um, what I think of dating apps. And, and, and I say, it depends, you know, like based on what I've seen, the ones who do really well on dating apps, you know, like it depends on the city, right? Like I have a friend who lives in Vegas. He crushes it on dating apps just because of the nature of the city. It's very transient and high volume, you know, like he's, he's fairly good looking, right. You know, but then you go to LA, right? Like you're competing with, you know, models, actors, you know, that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but if, girls you got to put yourself in a female situation right if you're in in that place and as a woman you have those many options right like of course you're going to be a little bit more picky so my answer is it depends right like it depends there's no like blanket statement you know is a bar a good place to meet people it depends is a coffee shop a good place to meet people it depends i know it sounds like a cop-out answer but it's true it depends on you it depends on your strengths it depends on the demographic you're trying to attract it depends where you're at in life. Maybe you're recently single and you just want to go for volume and meet as many people as you can. Then I say go to a bar, you know? Maybe you are more focused on your career and you don't have as much time. Then the bar may not be the best place for you. Maybe you should add a, another level of filter, right, with the social events you're going to. So my answer is you have to know yourself and you have to make decisions accordingly, right, based on your goals and your strengths. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yeah. And I, I think one great way that people can find out what would be the best fit for them if they feel like they don't know, you know, you, cause you probably do have some sense if you're listening of what would be the best fit for you. But if you're not sure, I would say just try them out. <laughs> you know? I would say, I would even say, take a personality test. That's the first thing mm-hmm. that I would do, right? Like take a personality test because that would at least like point you in the right direction. And then the second thing you want to do is you want to model as much as you can. This is something that I learned from my engineering days. So I, you know, as a structural designer, I design a lot of pipe racks, right? I, I, I know we're kind of getting nerdy and technical here. Yeah, it's all good. The point that I'm trying to make is we never start new projects from scratch. We always look for old designs that we can re, we can model from, right? To save us time from having to recreate, you know, like a, a design from scratch. You know, we would always model from what already worked from similar projects in the past. And I think the same applies with socializing, you know, like figure out, you know, if you can figure out like a person who uh, is in the similar, who, who has a similar personality type as you, who is in a similar life situation with similar goals, and if they're successful, frick, you know, the, that's yeah. the best $20 you'll ever spend. Take them, take them out for lunch, take them out for dinner, you know, like that. And please never say, can I pick your brain? That is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> I would say, hey, you know, you're, you're doing something cool. You know, like I, I'd love to hear your story. Can I please take you out for lunch? You know, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds cool. But can I pick your brain? Sounds like you're going to suck the value out of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not a good way to, to ask for help, right? Like, hey, I love, I love what you're doing. I want to hear more about your story. 
can I take you? I'd love to take you out for lunch or dinner. Your choice, right? 30, 40 bucks, you know, it's the best money you'll ever spend. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I think one big thing for folks in their careers is having conversations like that because being able to, and I think it's a, it's a value exchange both ways. You don't want to frame it as I'm here to just learn from you and suck value from you. Um, while not necessarily giving anything back myself, but at the same time, the, the act of downloading somebody's knowledge and just being able to take somebody who's far more experienced than you, or just in, in a place in their careers that you'd like to be and being able to say, Hey, let me just, I have the opportunity to ask you <laughs> questions for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. That's hugely valuable. So yeah, I love that. And they get a free meal, right? Who doesn't want a free That's meal? That's right. <laughs> I, I don't care how popular you are. You know, a steak is a steak. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it is funny how you can make enough money where food really isn't an issue, but then you get the idea of like, oh, free meal, and that's <laughs> just anyone. That's totally, yeah, totally. Awesome, yeah. man. Um, what are some of the as you have? I'm sure you've read a bunch of books on how to create social confidence for oneself. What are some books you could recommend for how to do that for somebody? I actually wrote four books, you know, yeah, not, to, yeah. <laughs> not to do a shameless, shameless plug, but no, I love it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm very confident about the books that I wrote just because number one, like I've, I've interviewed over a hundred experts in my podcast. You know, I, I believe during the time of this recording, we're, we're past F episode 150. Um, and I've also met a lot of these people in person. Right. So to me, like I've just kind of, the books that I wrote were like the guides that I wish I had when I was younger. So if you just go on Amazon, type my name, like M Y, I know it's long, but it's Mike with a Y, like M Y K E and then Macapinlack, my last name, you'll find all my books. So yeah, shameless plug. But yeah, if you don't want to go with me, which is, you know, it makes me sad. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend as far, as far as like socializing is concerned, you know what? Like it's a dating book, but I feel like it applies very well to other areas of your of your life it's called models by mark manson mm -hmm. it's it's literally one of the the most practical book that i've read not just dating wise but just like getting your shit together you know and then the other book that i would recommend again it's a dating book but i think it applies uh you know uh for general social skills it's called mate by uh tucker max i forgot the the co-author and it's good because yeah. the other guy's like a he's like a he's like a dating scientist. You know, he started he he studies like mating science or something. So the whole book is about you know like developing traits on what makes you a more attractive individual, right? Which I think you know it, it bodes well whether whether you want to attract a partner, make more friends, or progress in your career. So those are two books that I would recommend outside of my own yeah. books. Go for Mike's. Go for Mike's books first, but then you know, <laughs> once you've read those, <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. Um, if people want to find out more about you, Mike, where should they go? Yeah, so if if I, I have a free cheat sheet on my website, you know, if you're a shy guy who's technically skilled and you want to know how to approach and talk to anybody, I've, I've given like a like a the five skills we talked about. I, I've actually put that. Um, in a cheat sheet. So if you want to download that, just go to socialconfidencemastery.com. You can download that cheat sheet. You can, you can also check out my YouTube channel. Just look up Social Confidence Mastery on YouTube and my podcast as well, Social, Confi <laughs> Social Confidence Mastery on iTunes and on Instagram. Yeah. 
That's awesome. All right, Mac. Mike, thanks so much for coming on, man. I, I really appreciate all the, all the value you've passed on. Dude, and thanks for being such a good host. You asked some fantastic question and, uh, questions, and I was thoroughly engaged with our conversation. All right. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Engineer Soft Skills Podcast. If you're interested in more, you can go to engineersoftskills.com to check out more videos, podcasts, articles, and to download a free PDF called The Ultimate Guide to Soft Skills. This is a 25-page ebook covering the best of what I've learned on how to level up your soft skills in order to develop a career and life that you love. Thank you for listening.